to the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown. Because this week's episode starts in... Three, two, one. Blast off. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Denise. Hi. I know you're there too. Hello. <laughs> Hi, whoever else is with us. I hope you have had a splendid week thus far. Thank you for joining us on today's chat about intuitive hypnotherapy. I personally have been a massive fan of this concept for a long time and am dying to know a little bit more about it. Thanks to Denise, who's with us today. Denise. Hi, Denise Braun. Hi. That's me. Hi. Hi, you. Thanks Hi, for Jenna. being with us today. Hi, Amber. Thank you. This is going to be fun. I'm excited oh. to be here. So much fun. I'm ready and raring to go. Um, Jenna, do you want to start off by giving the audience a little insight into who Denise is? Absolutely. So Denise Braun spent 10 years as a clinical marriage and family therapist and five years as a forensic and trauma therapist. She's a certified hypnotherapist and professional artist and educator. She utilizes the artful hypnosis method that she developed to help individuals break through the limitations of traditional therapy and grow in their self-belief. She is the owner of Heartwork City Studios in Atascadero, California, where her consistently booked out painting classes combine intuitive, clinical, and artistic skills to help individuals unlock their greatest potential. Ooh, that was a mouthful. I love that. I love that idea, though, of your painting classes um, really in this therapeutic way, because I just I love art and I love therapy. So love mm, that combo. Awesome. I do too. I mean, I think that they really go well together. If you, if you kind of look around at a lot of some of the artists that we're seeing right now, kind of like in social media and things like that, you'll see that a lot of them are really natural healers mm -hmm. and, and really utilize, you know, our own energy to help people feel good. And I think that's pretty powerful. Mm. Cause life Absolutely. is art and art oh, is, it is life. Isn't it? And, it and is. also, you know, for the sensitive soul or for a soul that hasn't experienced trauma or any sort of mm -hmm. anything, you know, that um, it's hard to express that and to be able, you know, it, it can cause like sensitivities and to be able to have a forum where you can adequately express that and that expression is mm -hmm. cherished. I mm -hmm. think just the act of doing it is healing. You know, it's like it, getting that energy out of you and onto the canvas or whatever. It is. It's so powerful. And I think that we're naturally innately drawn to creating or making or whatever you want to call that. Because I mean, think of, think of your childhood, even sitting outside on Pachumama on mother earth and like drawing in the sand, that is actually a form of creative expression. Mm -hmm. And as you and I, as both of you, and I know Pachumama is one of the most divine healers we have. So welcome Absolutely. to the earliest opportunities to, you know, be in the earth and then start being creative and start healing. <laughs> How awesome is that? Right. I mean, come on, it's a no brainer. Ultimately, <laughs> yeah, That's the root to all of our, our collective artistic. It is. Definitely. Oh, it is. It is. So ladies, shall we start off with a definition just to clear up exactly what we're going to be talking about today before we get into the questions? Sure. 
Shanna? Shall I launch? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'll give my, uh, my, my definition, but um, Denise, I want you to like come in after and add anything that you think needs to be added or change anything that you think, think needs to be changed. So okay. here's my definition of intuitive hypnotherapy. Purposefully choosing to access the deeper states of consciousness present within your mind, having a practice that creates the necessary space to connect with these deepest parts of your intuition in order to release blockages and achieve greater potentials. Hmm. That feels very well-rounded to me. So thank okay. you. <laughs> okay, good. I'm yeah. glad, no. Always happy to have the seal of approval from the expert. You know? <laughs> okay. Well, and I'll, yeah, I know that's really good. That's, that's really good. The only thing I might add in there is, um, you know, when we dive into release blocks, we're definitely asking that our subconscious come along for that ride. And subconscious mind is a powerful component to all of our divine work ultimately. And so when I think about, intuitive hypnotherapy, I am certainly thinking about how we bring our intuitive center into our own personal healing, because as you know, you can be guided in that healing journey, but ultimately you, we are responsible for that work. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. And it's really only us that gives the healer in a sense, permission to heal us, or it's almost like our belief in their ability to heal us that, that unlocks that ability to heal within us, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I love that viewpoint, actually, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And so when you think about, oh, well, I'm giving permission for this individual to come along with me as I, as I move along this pathway, we also ask the subconscious to be open and responsive to the work too, mm. to release the blocks, you know? Mm. Absolutely. And, Cause if, yeah. they're, if they're, if it's not open, it's clinging onto those blocks and <laughs> we're not going to be able we're to stuck. I know it's like, what? <laughs> right. And, and being stuck is something I hear from a lot of clients you know, how come I've been working on weight loss for this long? Or how come I've been working on trying to tap into my spiritual center for this long? And I keep running up against myself. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, I'm sure too. Mm, I'm so fascinated to know more about the worlds of the subconscious and how mm. that's playing out subconsciously right. in our day-to-day life. <laughs> um, should we start with a super basic question? Denise, can you explain to us what is intuitive hypnotherapy and how does it differ from the standard practice practice of hypnotherapy? therapy, which people may be familiar with. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I really believe, I know that, um, you as well, that we are intuitive beings. You know, we come into this world with a, let's just call it the gut instinct, right. That helps to guide us. And that is spiritual. That's a spiritual standing. So when it comes to hypnotherapy, we're still using all of the modalities and techniques that a standard hypnotherapist would use. We're using things like eye fascination to help develop relaxation. We're using standard breath work to help people go into a deeper state of of, uh, relaxation, right? A different type of conscious subconsciousness. Intuitive hypnotherapy, and my view, is that we bring in some of that deeper awareness that really starts in our solar plexus and in our sacral chakras. So intuitive hypnotherapy is going to dive into those spiritual parts of our body, and it's going to allow us to really follow and not question what is coming up during a session. And it actually helps us to go a little bit deeper into subconscious too. And so I have some prompts that I can uh, bring out in our demo that kind of show you that. But intuitive is just knowing that the process is guiding us to the right place. We don't have to second guess. We don't have to overanalyze. We have to go with those natural spiritual inclinations that take us into this healing work. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Beautiful. It almost sounds as if the difference is this subtle, um, 
you know, energetic shift of the the person going into the hypnosis is a little bit more empowered and part mm. of the process than just handing it all over to the the technician, if you will, that, that yeah, is like taking them actually, through the hypnosis. Love that definition because yes. Yeah, so one of the things I do first for the client is I take them into sacred space. And so I don't know if every hypnotherapist would do that is my standard protocol for that is to allow them to feel empowered through light, through grounding, through being able to uh, feel where their body is at. So the chakra systems, you know, which ones are feeling more vibrant when we're going into the state of subconscious and allowing that to be the first and foremost expression of the hypnosis session. So as we're going in, if they're saying to me, Hey, Denise, I feel really responsive in my root chakra and my feet, for instance, and in my calves, I'm getting a really tingling sensation. And um, I'm seeing the color red and I'm seeing the color yellow, then we'll kind of follow that pathway. Mm. And then we'll kind of expand upon that as we go in. And so going into sacred space really is asking for divine guidance, mm -hmm. intuitive divine guidance as we go into hypnosis. And what I love about that is that I feel like, you know, in the ethers of the multiverse, there's lots of energies. Do you know what I mean? But for yeah. you to, to take somebody through the sacred space to align with their gut instinct, you know, their higher selves, it's it's actually so feels safer to me than just yeah. like putting your subconscious in the hands of a hypnotherapist who may or may not protect your your light body or protect your energy field. Oh, they could have you walking out of the room like right. a chicken and you're completely unaware. <laughs> Come on, let's or, be real. Like, right? Acting like you could be giving them an <laughs> Yeah. You yeah. could be giving them an hour massage during your entire hypnotherapy session <laughs> no, unknowingly. <laughs> so so creepy, right? I mean, and actually that brings <laughs> ew, that brings up such a good point because well, first of all, Jenna, yes, 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 yes. So much yes in that, right? Safety is crucial. We're in we're in charge of us. We're in charge of our spiritual, our physical, our all of it, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, the first thing I say to any client is trust your gut when you go in and you meet them. If you go in and you get a creepy vibe, run, don't stay, <laughs> don't feel like you're obligated, go yeah. away. Right. Yes. Okay. First and foremost. And, and that applies right? in general to life. Oh yeah. That's a, <laughs> that is a life standard. Let's just, I'll be clear. <laughs> okay. Um, but the other thing is that, um, yeah, I mean, there's ethics in hypnotherapy, just like there's ethics in, uh, psychotherapy or, you know, psychology. So, um, yeah, that's really good to state. <laughs> um, you want to, you want to, I always say it's like a yin and yang relationship, right? Or maybe it's more like a ping pong game. You want to make sure that there's an evenness to the way that you're relating to the, the practitioner, right? Mm -hmm. You just want to feel mm -hmm. good. Come on. Let's just, you yeah. know, let's and feel also good with it, what we do. I also heard that some people are more susceptible to being open to um, being hypnotized yeah. compared to mm -hmm. others. The, the, uh, I think the term was they're more in influenced. Is, right. Is that, right. Can you so, tell us about that? I'd love to. So suggestibility is different for everybody. Um, think, think about a, uh, a late evening when you were sitting around kind of bored maybe, and then here comes like a Taco Bell commercial. I don't know if that's what would jive you, but you know, and you think, oh, that looks kind of good. Maybe I'll go and get in my car and drive to Taco Bell. <laughs> that was a suggestion. You basically took the mm -hmm. suggestion and you ran with it. In this mm -hmm. case, you drove to Taco Bell. Um, so we have different levels of suggestibility and um, in a broader context without going too deep into this, because we could definitely have another podcast just on suggestibility, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. um, the idea is that some of us respond more literally um, or more... Um, 
um, I can't think of the word right now. It's either a literal, literal translation or it's a suggested translation to how we respond to stimuli in the, in the environment. So if I see a Taco Bell commercial and I'm a literal uh, suggestible in terms of, oh, I see it and I want it, then I'm going to more likely respond to that stimulation, to that that stimulus. If I, um, if I have something that is more disguised or more covert in its suggestion, for instance, I may uh, act upon it more slowly, but I'm still going to respond to the stimulus that makes me want to move in the direction towards that suggestion. Some people tend to be more analytical. They tend to think more um, and then when they're more, more thought based, for instance, they may be more resistant to suggestions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Well, so, Jenna, where do you think yeah. you are on the suggestibility scale? Um, I don't know, but I think that I am, I, I think I might be less suggestible. I have a feeling cause I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure though. I could go either way. How about, right. how about you, Amber? I really don't know. I'd like to maybe have an analysis yeah. of how suggestible I am. Well, we can <laughs> find out when Denise takes us through a little <laughs> sesh. Right. Um, Actually, yeah, we will. We'll we'll see kind of how you move into the, the first part of the relaxation and see if you're responding to it or if you're overanalyzing it, for instance. Well, right? you know, I think for me, and then this brings me actually back to a point I was going to mention about the intuitive aspect, how you were saying like if somebody feels tingling in their legs or mm-hmm. seeing red, that you're going to go deeper there. Yep. And I love that too, because it's like you're following following the intuition of the, the person who's being hypnotized and you're seeing what their subconscious needs to bring up and you're going deeper into mm-hmm. that. Sure. So I think I would be um, more suggestible in that sort of situation. Like if it's mm-hmm. really jiving with my mm-hmm. subconscious, I think I would totally be suggestible. I'd be really open to going down there. And as long as it was in alignment with my mm-hmm. true Absolutely. will. Mm-hmm. However, I think that I would be unsuggestible in the case of somebody trying to, like in the Taco Bell case, like yeah, I, no. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't see a commercial and then get something I didn't really want, you know? For sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. So yeah, I, I probably wouldn't be myself running to talk about, but, um, but I might be running to go get a really yummy wrap made with fresh veggies or something. So, yeah. you yeah. know, it, it just depends kind of on our place of belief, belief and intention are always a part of everything we do when it comes to healing modalities. And, you know, ultimately this work can be very, very effective it can be the most effective if somebody is willing to do the process, willing mm-hmm. to do the work. I would say that about anything. Ultimately, I used to be a trauma therapist. You know, trauma is tough. If, if people didn't want to deal with trauma, they're not going to have as much success as somebody who's really ready to kind of move forward. You know, I think that's key. I think without that desire and fire under their belly to apply the change and get into action, Mm -hmm. forget Mm -hmm. it. You just, so many people subconsciously kind of stick in that cycle of just Mm -hmm. not knowing how to get into action or being afraid of getting into action, just swimming in all the philosophies all day. Mm. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. yeah, that's, that's crucial clearly. It it Um, really is. And I would say too, just as a little side note, um, there are probably some hypnotherapists that are going to be listening to this podcast and many of them would say, oh, anybody can be hypnotized. And by the way, I do agree with that. The level of depth, the way that the hypnosis um, is created, the state of trance is created, changes slightly from hypnotherapist to hypnotherapist, but ultimately we all understand the mechanics of trance. And so then that means that we are likely to be able to hypnotize anybody. Do you th- is is um, the amount you, a person is trusting? Does that play into how suggestible they are? 
Like if I someone absolutely- was, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, I absolutely believe yes, in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, the reason for that is actually what Jenna commented on, you know, if does this align with your deeper belief systems? Um, some people don't want to be hypnotized because their biggest fear is losing control. Yes. And so if their biggest fear is I'm going to hand over all of my control to you, forget it. I'm out. Peace out. Mm-hmm. Bye, Felicia. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. But <clears throat> the truth with that statement is that we actually have more control in hypnosis. And I know some people are going to be listening going, that's not true. It actually is true. Because what happens is your senses become so attuned when you're in a state of trance, that language is clear, voices are sharper, imagery in your mind, it's like you're there. Like if I say, okay, I want you to go to a beautiful ocean and stand on the sand, you're at the ocean standing on the sand, and it is a lovely experience physiologically. And that's, that's hard to beat, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Having been a traditional therapist, I don't remember any <laughs> client coming in and saying, man, I can't wait to talk about all my negative self-talk today consciously. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's really interesting is that you're painting a picture for me. It's it's a it's a form of therapy that invites in a, um, a, a often a dormant or, um, you know, underutilized aspect of our beings, that mm. subconscious, that entire world where most of our triggers and fears and blind spots sit is invited into the conversation. Whereas we're usually in the therapy chair speaking with our conscious awake mind, completely mm. ignoring mm. the, the yes. uh, what's under the surface bubbling up oh. and playing out unknowingly. It's, it's actually the smartest way to do therapy by inviting in so that true. other side. Yeah. Oh my great gosh. point. It's a huge point, huge, huge point. And I think that's why I decided to kind of say adios to the traditional form of treatment. I, um, I never felt like I was getting to the depth that I needed to, to help people really start their healing process in a way that felt empowered and safe, as Jenna talked about earlier, um, and really looked at the whole person. You know, I, I love to talk about esoteric beliefs of clients, for instance. You know, when I was a traditional therapist, it's not that I couldn't do that, but are we going to spend a whole session on that? No. I mean, underneath the guidelines and ethics of, of traditional psychotherapy, I, I meant to say, um, no, that's not within the ethical confines. And, you know, we're following a, a really old, outdated, in my opinion, mm-hmm. set of uh, modalities in psychotherapy that, you know, they. I believe they work really well for trauma stabilization. I don't believe they work for differentiation for people who are trying to like achieve their best life. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. I think I it's a bunch of talk I, I and very conscious. <laughs> yeah. They, and, and you, Jenna, why do you agree with that? Just curiously. Um, like well, the psychotherapy I, is like outdated, for instance. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, my mom, my mom was a therapist and I would always have oh, the exact cool. same run up on this exact issue that you just mentioned with her, which is that mm. I wanted, I felt and also because I worked for her as well, like not as a therapist, but as an aide. And so I would help her right. patients too sometimes. And I would come up against this where I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to take it into mm. this 
soul level. And she would tell me like, that is not ethical. Like we cannot go there. And my mom is less interested in going there too. So, and I could see that, that there was this deep level of healing that was not achievable in this paradigm. And especially, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to play by the rule book Mm -hmm. because according to my mom, if you start to become unethical and get into muddy waters of ethics, like you could lose your license and you've just worked so hard for that. So that was why it's I so agreed. true. It kind of no, sounds so like true. like where the the um, old systems come up as archaic is completely disregarding the fact that where these like multifaceted beings were not just the mind. You know, like mm-hmm. that's what I love about mm-hmm. your um, art therapy is that it's using our spirit and creative mm-hmm. element and the body yeah. and the mind and all those soulful kind of aspects. And you're inviting in spirituality. So it's like this yes. fully formed whole human rather than just focusing on, you know, dancing with the mind to get the answers and get the results you want. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and with dancing art, with the mind, that's cool. <laughs> Art too, it's like you, you're drawing from this well of, of subconscious emotion and, and feelings. You're putting it down on canvas so it can be witnessed by your conscious mind. Mm, you know what beautiful. I mean? So it's yeah, kind yes. of like taking some of that, un, that subconscious content and slapping it into a format where it can be witnessed consciously. Mm, beautiful. That is exactly it. And both of you have great, great, really great points. The, I want to say too, as a disclaimer for the psychotherapists that are listening, yeah. <laughs> thank you for the work you do. You know, this isn't an advertisement yeah, my mom away from your my psychotherapist, mom right? Yeah. Thank you, mom. <laughs> um, hi, <laughs> thank you. Um, you know, and again, I, I do think that psychotherapy has its offerings. I think for somebody who wants to dive deeper, definitely spiritually, I think that there's other attainable ways to do that. Um, to talk about just really quickly, the art piece, um, when I decided to create uh, an artful hypnosis as a part of this, this modality, I wanted exactly as you said, Jenna, to allow people to see the conscious reflection of the work that they were doing, because that is so powerful. I mean, we tend to be in conscious state most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately, I would have a client go into a state of trance and then go into that very sacred safe space. And then we'd see kind of what was coming up color wise and what was coming up for them. And then I would guide them through a hypno story, for instance, to something that they wanted to resolve. So like, let's say they wanted to be more self-empowered. So I would take them to a place where they could sit and rest in their sacred space and that visual, they would sit and rest in that sacred space. And then we would bring in elements that would help them to feel empowered. And I would ask those questions in conscious before we go into trance. So I'd say, you know, what makes you feel good? Oh, I love gardening. Okay. So let's take you into a visual space and let's have you start gardening. And as you're gardening in that space, let's bring in um, a notepad, a piece of paper, and let's set it on your lap. And I want you to draw what you see in your trance. I want mm. you to be a part of it. What's coming up for you? I had a client that was having a really hard time with her husband. And she just couldn't figure out what the block was. Every time she would try to um, get close to him, he would kind of push her away. And so we went into this into this place. And she was a gardener where she was gardening. And I said, I want you to draw a representation of your husband in the garden. I want you to draw a representation. How would he grow? What type of plant would he be? Go ahead and put that down. So she was in her space. She's in full hypnosis. She's drawing on the notepad. And we come back up into conscious state, into the room. And we talk about what just happened. And she looks down at the notepad and she goes, oh my gosh, this is milkweed. And I said, it is, isn't it? Because you mentioned that. And I said, well, tell me about milkweed. What's, what is the, what's the correlation? What's relevant? 
in that for you? And she said, well, I am deathly allergic to milkweed. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's not I good. Said, oh, that's your husband. And she started to cry. I mean, it was really emotional. And she said, I feel like I'm pushing him away because I'm afraid that there's something that's going on that's making me not well in this relationship. So that's a whole nother podcast episode. (laughs) But I mean, that exploration, we just cracked the shell open so wide and we started to let in light. And then after that, we did work to resolve what was going on and it was effective. Mm -hmm. But her subconscious was holding on to this block. I could not have gotten there consciously. There's no way. The analytical mind, there's just only so far you can go with it, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's brilliant. And so it's like the subconscious mind speaks in metaphor, you know, with, with dreams and with milkweed. And yes. it's like she it was able to say milkweed and just say everything that she was feeling, this, this allergic feeling to her husband and be able to encapsulate it down to such a, a perfect metaphor, mm-hmm. effortless metaphor. So effortless. that's actually yeah. a brilliant segue. Denise, can you make a very clear um, difference between the, the conscious and the subconscious mind, just so our audience can yeah. really understand, you know, yeah. where they're living and what the differences mm-hmm. are? Sure. In a, in a really kind of easy way, um, conscious mind holds information in kind of a memory store. And there's more than one form of memory, but just in this case, like short-term memory for about two, two and a half hours at a time. And so what happens with conscious memory is it's, it's really active. It's engaged. It's working, working, working. But if I were to say to you, okay, Jenna, I want you to tell me what you did yesterday morning at 8.55. And I want you to remember what you did, not based on habit or routine. I want you to tell me exactly what you did based on your mind. I want your brain to tell me. I don't want your habits to tell me. Would you be able to tell me what you did at 855? I, I would be. I would actually be able to tell you what oh, I did well, at exactly 855. But I think <laughs> Enigma. Sometimes Bad example. Like they, they go, yeah. I should have chosen Amber. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, at 8. well, you... at eight fifty five, I was exiting my because I'm in Memphis right now. I was exiting my hotel room into the into the hallway. My husband was asleep so that I would be able to call my children at exactly nine o'clock. Oh my gosh. Okay. Audience that doesn't count. Uh, let me ask the audience. What did you do yesterday at eight fifty-five exactly in the morning? Party pooper, Jenna. No, you're awesome. But um, ultimately we, it's really, I mean, you had actually an environmental set of circumstances that helped you remember that yes. if yeah, you weren't exactly. in a situation, right. So your environment helped your brain to go, Oh, here's, here's something that I need to remember or something that I will remember because it had emotional context to it. Calling your children. That's an emotional context. And I would not be able to tell you what I did yesterday at like 1.55. Oh, well, there we go. That's what I meant to say. I happen to be able to tell you what happened at 8.55. Yeah. The only reason I know what I did at 8.55 is because of my routine. It's because every day I have to drop Valentine at school before nine and we get a bed last minute and I know I'm at school (laughs) dashing late. And so yeah, exactly. So that's the only reason Mm -hmm. I would know is because I've got a set routine. Right. So then if we dove, dove into the minutiae and I was to say, okay, so you have a routine, but not based on routine. Were you scratching your forehead? No, I no idea. Were you itching your eyes? No. Okay. So the point here is that conscious doesn't care. <laughs> conscious is like, forget it. Bye. Bye-bye. You know, it doesn't, it's too much work. And conscious is a weaker system. Ultimately in our cognitive capacity, how we use our brain, conscious is 12 to 14%. 
Wow. But subconscious is the other 80%. No. And there's the, those numbers, give or take, please don't, you know, quote those yeah, exact yeah, yeah. numbers, but it's around there. And that makes sense. Isn't that amazing? So think about all the things you do subconsciously every single day. And imagine how much attention we give the subconscious realms. Like we don't mm-hmm. even understand them or acknowledge no. they kind of exist. They're just kind of like, oh yeah, sometimes I dream. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we need to put right. more attention on what's going on with our subconscious mm-hmm. minds. I mean, it, yeah, I, I believe that we do. I think that we can do that through like meditation practice helps because, you know, when we go into meditative state, that is a trance-like state. excuse me, the deeper we go, especially. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, it feels so amazing and it gives us more uh, practice in subconscious, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, so for somebody who's a brand new meditator and they're like, gosh, this is impossible. You know, that's like the muscle. You just have to kind of work at it and keep building it, but it gives you back something in exchange. You become much more mindful, much more intention-based. And so subconscious is that 80 or more percent of our cognitive um, use that maybe we're not consciously aware of, but that's guiding us every single day through Mm. things like driving your car, um, uh, making sure that you, uh, brush your teeth or whatever, right. Cause you're not sitting there consciously going, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth. I got to get the molar. No, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. So subconscious kicks in and then it, it takes over some of those processes. This could be reflexive too, but subconscious holds all of our memories from birth till now. Wow. So the other crazy part is if you really wanted to know what you were doing at one, what did you say, Jenna? One thirty yesterday. Yeah. I could hypnotize you and we could go back to one thirty. Wow. We could go see what you were doing. Wow. Totally. I, I totally believe that. I've heard of some cases where people like have witnessed crimes and then they saw the getaway car, but they didn't see the license plate. And then they go under hypnosis and they're able to say the license plate. Is that right. just myth? Yeah. No, that <laughs> can actually, they can do that. There's a couple things with that. So conscious tends to exclude details of, of what is seen when it's a, an emotionally charged scenario because your brain goes into primal fight or flight. And so when your brain goes into primal fight or flight, it's not acting on, oh, he has a blue hoodie on, right? It's looking at how in the hell do I get the hell out of here and, and stay alive? So, Definitely. right. So in a situation like that, so, but then if we were to um, hypnotize you into that, and that's called a time regression or an age regression hypnosis, Um, we could definitely call up that information. Subconscious tends to hold on to more specific information in emotionally charged contexts. Mm -hmm. Like that was one we'd have. Yeah, we might be able to get there. Um, nothing is ever absolute. So I don't want listeners to think, oh, that works every time. No, it it doesn't. Right. And it's not because you could have not physically seen the lights. Who knows? You know, it depends on the situation, of course. Right. Um, You know, and then in a court of law. Oh, I was going to say in a court of law, that's in, it's inadmissible. So unfortunately, Mm -hmm. um, hypnosis doesn't count in court. So that's another, that's another podcast. Another outdated (laughs) system. (laughs) Boom. You got that right. Um, (laughs) So do you think, can I ask you a question? Do you think subconscious mind also holds all of our memories from past lifetimes? Or I don't know if you're into past lifetimes, but. Oh, heavens. Yes. I'm into all of that. (laughs) Um, Heavens. Yes. Uh, I actually do believe that yes, it does. And I believe that um, I, I call it kind of like that blueprint of our soul of our sacred, right Mm -hmm. of our spiritual Mm -hmm. being. Um, And that's why past life regression utilizes hypnosis. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, is it Brian Weiss, who does the many lives, many masters? 
Mm -hmm. um, he utilizes hypnosis as a way to access some of those memories. And it's very, Definitely. past life regression is super effective, especially for healing really big blocks where somebody like, mm -hmm. I've seen this work with people who, for instance, have issues with alcoholism or something like that. Not to say that it would quote unquote, um, cure them of alcoholism, but it could help them overcome Get some the of root. the right patterns that have been with them for lifetime after lifetime to start to really figure out how to heal. Mm. I know Jenna, you have also had amazing personal oh, experiences yeah. with like mm -hmm. things that didn't make mm -hmm. sense in this lifetime. When you did totally. pass, past life regression, totally. you're like, oh my gosh, that's why I have anxiety, anxiety around that or this yeah. physical pain Especially here in my body or throat chakra. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Right. If you've been beheaded Throw before, <laughs> if you've been or beheaded like, in a past life or yeah, hung or something. Yeah. Oh geez. Or for me, I felt like for me, I was, I was punished many lifetimes for yeah. speaking my truth. Yeah. So I had this blockage around speaking my truth. I couldn't, words. it would like, I'd open my mouth to say something and like no words would come out. It is like yeah. truly a blockage. Yeah. It was only through like self-hypnosis in my case, but, uh, past life yeah. regression that I was able to, to begin to elucidate why mm. that is even the case. Gosh, it's so powerful. All of these um, tentacles come together, right? I mean, it's like the, the cloth is woven with like the past life regression, and then you can have the hypnotherapy and the intuitive work. I mean, it all kind of converges to help you understand maybe in, in a lot of cases why we're here, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's amazing. Mm. And I love wow, how it's that's totally a good story. That's at the root of it all. And all of that is yeah. insourced. Like we all have the power, the key, the potential to find the answers to the questions we're trying to ask all the professionals and therapists, but really we do have the resources to figure out ourselves. And really only so we can figure out ourselves what the kind of the, the bigger answers are. Um, yeah. Can, can we just start with a you know, super basic question. Um, Denise, can you kind of explain the fundamentals of how hypnotherapy um, heals, like how hypnotherapy can heal people and their big root issues that are ruling their lives? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it seems like it should be so complex, this answer, but it's not. <laughs> Great. We like that. <clears throat> so I know, right? It's fun. The way that I describe it in very simple terms is imagine your friend gave you a new iPhone. And you're like, this is amazing. Oh my gosh, it's an iPhone X or whatever. And you're very excited. And so the next day you go to power it up and it absolutely is frozen. It doesn't work at all. And so you call your friend and you say, what the heck, right? This iPhone totally doesn't work. And they say, oh yeah, <laughs> that's because it's operating on iOS 4. And you're thinking, why would you give me a brand new iPhone that only uses software up to iOS 4? It doesn't make any sense, right? Our brain is a lot like that iPhone and that software. So I want you to imagine that as a little kid, you came to understand things in a cognitive mindset that was very much based on age. So for instance, children who have phobic responses to darkness, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, oh my God, I'm afraid of the dark. How many adults do you know that are actually afraid of the dark? I actually know quite a few. Mm. Um, it could be that they are operating, their subconscious mind is operating on a software program, if you will, that's based on when they were eight years old and they, their uncle, you know, crept into the room and scared the crap out mm. of them in their sleep. And now they have retained, obviously that was traumatic, <laughs> but, uh, but now they've retained this correlation to darkness and, and danger. It's not safe to go to sleep when it's dark. But it's completely out You're, of date and useless. Boom. Hmm. We got to update that iOS, right? We got to give them the iOS that's going to operate that iPhone 
or that brain level, whatever their 40 year old brain or whatever it is. So what hypnosis can actually do is go into subconscious and it can reprogram mm. subconscious. Mm. And that is crazy. Isn't that crazy that, is that, that can happen? I know. And it works. And I would say that for most, of course, nothing is a hundred percent effective for a hundred percent of people. That's ridiculous. Right. But having been a traditional therapist and now being a hypnotherapist, I'll tell you what, I see so much more healing happening, so much more phobias being dislodged. So many um, situations. Oh my gosh. I have so many people that come in for sleep issues. Mm. They can't sleep. They have insomnia. You know, sometimes that comes from an ancient belief that um, they have to be working in their sleep. Like they don't have abundance. And so they're constantly waking up and dreaming lucidly and trying to solve all the problems um, mm-hmm. which is an illusion. And that could be something that was programmed when they were in their early twenties, for instance, and trying to hustle to try to survive. So we have to just give them subconscious information that they are safe. They live in abundance and that they are able to sleep. And there's some really specific things that I do for that, but yeah, it's really effective. Wow. Fascinating. And hey, you, can I it's ask, just, did you try do you, Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you go, Jenna. Yeah, please. Don't insist. insist. Um, (laughs) Yay. I was just going to say, do you try to get to the root, like figure out why their issue, what the root is, or do you kind of just don't worry about that and just kind of give them the new program? Um, It it really depends on the individual and being pretty intuitive myself. What'll happen is sometimes they'll start telling me their story and then I just kind of know, and it's like crazy, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how to explain Mm -hmm. that. Um, No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, Because I know that you're the same way. So ultimately um, I don't have to dig into the subconscious to, to, you know, go to that one time that the uncle did creep into the room and Mm -hmm. scare the crap out of them. Mm -hmm. Um, They may remember that or they may not the subconscious mind is really effective at keeping us safe. And it does create certain blockages so that we don't become annihilated with fear. Right. I mean, that's what our mm-hmm. subconscious mind is good at protecting L- us. Like so birth. It, and the, right. the first <laughs> year of motherhood, <laughs> I have zero <laughs> memory of my birth and the first couple of years of motherhood. And guess what? Yeah. <laughs> that's an mm-hmm. ingenious technology that my mind it has is. created to make me do it again. <laughs> right. I know, because who would really do it again? No, I did it three times. So. Oh, you were clearly <laughs> so we brainwashed wow. by your own subconscious. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Darn it. Darn it. No, I love them. But yeah. So um, in in a way, um, no, you don't have to. Um, I'm actually very cautious against age regression hypnosis. I know that there are many hypnotherapists that do that. I don't, and I guess I'm cautious because I am a trauma therapist and I don't need to bring up a trauma to resolve it. And sometimes bringing up the trauma actually makes it worse, you know, so re-traumatizes them. Yep. So you got to be really careful. Not all hypnotherapists are therapists, but that doesn't make them, you know, um, bad hypnotherapists at all. It's, um, it's a matter of experience and it's really important that you trust your hypnotherapist, you know? So, but in, in your, in, uh, excuse me to answer your question, Jenna, no, I don't have to have the specific information. I just have to make sure that I know where we need to go. I got to have a roadmap in the direction forward. I just got to uh-huh. share Amazing. this reflection, guys. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just stepping out of this conversation for a second and having bird's eye view of the timeline of mm-hmm. my life and realizing that, you know, all the things that happened as a child that my subconscious has held onto, which is subconsciously playing out in my adult life, is actually carving 
and weaving the direction and reality of every aspect of my life, the relationships I pick, Mm -hmm. my capacity to achieve or not achieve, my relationship with abundance or scarcity, my friendships, if I trust women, if I, I mean, it's everything. Your entire reality can get woven through your subconscious traumas or beliefs or whatever is locked in from your childhood, which may have just been a one-off. You've then created that as a truth and then move forward. It's just so huge. And for people to not be aware that they have the ability and the capacity to undo that and recreate a more empowering, free, healthy reality is crazy that that it's not a known (laughs) thing. Um, So yeah. I'm just kind of sitting yeah. here going through my life going, yeah. oh, my Mic drop. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? I know. Quick, quick, oh. quick. Give us a demo. <laughs> Fix me. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It is. It's that kind of wraps my brain around the axle a little bit because it's so humongous yeah. to, like, figure out consciously. So thank heavens for subconscious. That's all I have to say. Right? It's like, okay, <laughs> so we can start to untangle I call it the ball of rubber bands. You just have to take one rubber band off at a time and then you get to the next one and the next one. And, you know, healing is a lifelong process. What a blessing that is. So, you know, you've come this far, but you have a long way to go. And um, it, you're, it, it, at least we know what the tools are. Mm. Some people don't have tools, but this is a great tool. Let's discuss you know? tools. Let's talk about yeah, tools. So let's do it. you were talking about how the basis <laughs> love tools. I love hammers. You're just so positive and enthusiastic <laughs> and joyful and playful. Totally. I love you. I, I, bet you're, I, bet well, you I love you. I, I could see how you're a great trauma therapist <laughs> even, or like any kind of therapist, because you're just so Aww. positive, like so much positivity oh, abund- abounding. It's like amazing. That energy is there, isn't it? Well, you, you both are that way too. And that's why I love your podcast. Um, Aww. yeah, you know what? I really am a glasses half full t- kind of girl, but I, I was just saying to a client the other day that I don't, I don't live my life in a place of worry. It's taken me a long time to get there. I was about to say, I feel like you've done yeah. a lot of work on peeling a back lot. the layers of gray matter of like Absolutely. lifting up the heaviness. So you can be this light, joyful, you know, totally. person. Well, how can I help others if I haven't done the work first? Totally. I mean, my thing is like, you know, I got to, I know that healing again is a lifelong process and I never want to put myself on a pedestal, but I have done a little, I've been in the trenches, you know? So it's like, okay. So if I've been in the trenches, I can show you, Hey, I know a way to get out. Let's just go this way. Right. And if, if it works for my clients and, and they, they trust me and I, and I hope they do. And that relationship is there. There's nothing we can't do, honestly. And you can relate so, to them on such a deep level. Huge, like you can truly huge. relate heart to heart, not just like entertain philosophies that you've read about. You, you've actually lived that and that's invaluable. And someone can feel that, you know, that you can relate to them on a deep level. Um, yeah. Tools. So, yes. so you okay. were saying how the basis of hypnosis is relaxing into a state where the kind of um, – the, the, the conscious mind gets put to the side for a little bit and your subconscious mind gets to take the reins. So what are some ways that, um, we can hypnotize ourselves or start exercising these rituals in our daily life to start allowing the healing of the subconscious to come to the surface? And how do we decipher that as well? How do we decode these subconscious messages we're getting to kind of, and do we need to understand it or does it just kind of, as the subconscious <laughs> breathes, it just naturally heals us? Like what's the process? Give us some tools. Right. 
Oh, these are so good. Okay, so let me start with the last part of that. Okay, I got to get out my notepad and write a couple things down here. Um, so bear with me. It, I I intuitively know that we are guided to the place that we're supposed to be. So what that means is that if you're diving into a healing process and let's call it hypnotherapy and you're so focused on understanding, 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 you may miss some of the broader context of really what needs to happen for you to start healing. Mm -hmm. Because some things are very subtle. I would, I would rather say, and I would challenge anybody who's listening to look at how does your body feel? How does your mind feel after using some of these tools? How are you approaching people around you? You know, how are you um, shifting even a little bit? One of the most amazing things about hypnosis, generally speaking, is that a client will come in and say, you know, I feel good. I don't, I don't necessarily know if anything is changing. And then they go to their workplace and their colleagues are looking at them and going, what is different about you? Something is different. My client couldn't put a pin, put a pin into the thing that was the thing that's different, but their colleagues are saying there is really something exceptionally evolving in you. So do we need to figure that out? I don't always know if we have to. So I'll, I'll just start with that. But it's inevitable that as we move into our wellness, that, that we start to figure out things that are starting to shift, you know, and if something comes up, like Jenna was talking about the metaphor, which I totally agree with. Um, if one of the metaphors is coming up in hypnosis, and we're able to identify what it is, for instance, houses, houses are metaphorically, metaphysically, symbolic and dream analysis of us. Our houses are symbols of us. Mm. So if you have a house that's like getting totally redone, I actually have a client the other day. She said, Oh, we just got at our house and we're redoing the whole thing. And I said, wow, that's amazing. And then she said, yeah, and I'm going to go get a breast reduction in two weeks. And I'm like, wow, Ooh. that's amazing. And I said, Oh my gosh, you're redoing your house and you're taking care of something that's pained you for 20 years. Right. I'm like, look at this. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I never thought of it. And she's been having dreams of houses and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> okay. Wait, I know, on, isn't that amazing? That, what would you say? I have yeah. a re I don't anymore, but as a child, I used to have a reoccurring dream of home invasion. Like I was in my home mm -hmm. and there were people mm -hmm. coming in the shadows, kind of like sneaking right. in to get me. And I'm running around the house trying to protect my child or protect myself and, you know, right. hide until I they. I have a theory for you. Oh, uh, go but on, let's Jenna. Let Denise go. I know. Go and then Jenna. Yeah, let's let Denise have a go first. <laughs> so. I bet Jenna's uh, theory has to do with spiritual growth. I'm just guessing. Um, so ultimately, the literal translation of that is that you are attempting to find ways to feel secure and safe. So root chakra is activated in those dreams. And so sometimes with those dream states, I'll find that clients will have like restless leg syndrome, for instance, because that's where your root chakra exists, right? Um, <clears throat> the other thing is there could be something that you feel is innately not safe or in your best wellness interest mm -hmm. in your home. Mm -hmm. So it could be that you have a mold issue in your home or there's something that's going on in terms of um, feeling isolated or abandoned. In or a house. sibling so, that's mm -hmm. trying to kill you, perhaps. Or a sibling, <laughs> right, right. Okay, so then if it's related to family, <clears throat> there's a, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a definite correlation to how you feel your place in the family is having value and being seen. And so that would be one of the things we would explore just in a literal basis. But I tend to look at those types of dreams as something is changing. There's an evolution that's starting to happen because you did get through that dream and you are safe. So what is it in your life that you are starting to change? Are you afraid of change? Is there something that you're anticipating could be dangerous for you, but you're still going to move forward into it? And then that, that can be 
you know, there's about four ways to interpret that. Jenna, what did you think? So I think you hit the nail square on the head, according to what I was going to say, which which is that I feel like it comes to do with like root chakra, like not feeling safe, not feeling safe in your house for a lot of different reasons. Like you're brother or like, you know, your parents, I know, you know, your mom was maybe not able to be there as much or that you, and it had a lot, she had to focus on with her, your other, other brothers and, or your two brothers. And I just feel like it comes from not feeling safe in your house. Yeah, that's exactly bang on. Well done. I don't want to get us too (laughs) off track because I I don't want to interrupt the process. You were like on a really good trajectory here with the tools, but you guys are spot on. And I hope that helped the audience in some way. I know you guys are (laughs) like psychic sisters here. Um, But I hope that the audience can like look at reoccurring dreams or haunting dreams because I had that for years. I would say like 15 years of my life I had that reoccurring dream. And it was only until, it was yeah. when you were able to take care of yourself that you stopped having it, right? Exactly. It was when I had forged my own home and my oh, own family and a health, right. a sense of health um, in a family so network where that started to, to fade away. Um, mm, that's so huge. That's That's what it's all about, right? So dream analysis, I'll invite clients to keep a notebook by your bed. Why not? I mean, sometimes those dreams wake you up. Just, you know, don't turn on a light if you can. But um, write something down, even if you can't see yourself writing, you know, sometimes I'll wake up when I have a really important dream, and I'll do a voice memo in my phone. Mm. You know, and I'll say I was at the flea market in Santa Fe looking for a squash blossom necklace made of turquoise and coral. Why do I need to know that? I don't know. Maybe I need to. That literally is a dream I've had. So, you know. Okay. So so what happens? What happens when you fuse the unconscious with the conscious mind? What happens in that moment? Um, that's when you start to go into trance. So they, back to that tools question, um, I'm going to give the audience something they can do pretty in just a minute. Um, you start to drop conscious starts to drop away. We overload it with what's called information unit. So we like pile them in information units are just things to do when you're relaxing, like focus on that object, take 10 deep breaths, listen to my voice. Imagine that your feet are full of air um, imagine a bright light over the top of your head, move the light down to your stomach. And so there's a lot of things going on. You're still in a relaxed state. And so eventually conscious, it's the weaker system is going to go F you I'm out. And subconscious is going to pop in and go, I'll take over you idiot. Yeah, move aside. <laughs> let's go. Let's dive in. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, in a silly way, that's kind of, that is really what happens. So, um, it's kind of a fascinating process. And when they merge together, so really, there's only a kind of my belief is there's like the split second turnover. And so conscious is going to go, Hey, how are you doing? Subconscious? Great. How are you doing? Okay. I'm going to go take a nap. Okay. Bye. And then here comes subconscious and it's up to, up to par, right? You could think about, or it's doing what it needs to do. You could think about every day we have subconscious that kind of pops in to help take over some of the tasks that conscious doesn't want to focus on you know, like mindless eating when you're sitting and watching a great Netflix show and you're eating that whole can of Pringles and you're like, oh my gosh, I just ate the whole can of Pringles. There is definitely something subconsciously happening there. But but reversing that, reversing that role, like when you've had an intense dream and you said you wake up in the middle of the night, you write it down because I always forget my dreams. So if I wrote it down and then in the morning, my conscious mind is digesting and integrating what my subconscious mind is trying to discuss with me in that Mm -hmm. moment where the subconscious 
Um, when the mm, conscious yeah. recognizes and understands and decodes the unconscious, what happens to your brain? Is there a, a shift, a release, a yeah. healing in that yes. merging of the subconscious and conscious? What happens? That's alignment. So that's when conscious goes, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. I accept it. I'm going to be aware of it. That is a form of healing. So you're starting to understand some of the deeper meaning that subconscious may or may not have given you indications or clues to. And so when you finally get a clue, you know, or a message from subconscious and you go, oh my gosh, I get it. That is that light bulb moment that's like right there. That is so aligning. And I, I would ask individuals that that happens where you go, oh my gosh, I finally got it take a moment and take a deep breath and feel that because that is alignment. That's where we function at our highest best self mm. is right in that moment. Mm, brilliant. Now that's hard to sustain. It's not sustainable, but it is, um, it is something that we can work to achieve multiple times it, is that alignment, that awareness, that ding, all that insight that flows in that is a part of healing. And the more we do that, the, the more that we move and we grow. But would you say that's in our what um, meditation is? Just observing yeah, your subconscious mind doing its thing. Like in that meditation session, isn't that kind of merging of the unconscious and conscious minds? Yes. Yeah. I feel like in meditation, you know, we kind of get into that really rad Kundalini space where that ancient energy is moving through our spinal column and we're feeling connected to source that is clarity. That's activation and awareness. All of that information that flows in starts to become something that we can use in a practical way in our conscious state. Mm. <clears throat> so I had a meditation where I was flying over an ocean and I was a hawk and the hawk is one of my power, my totem animals. And I was this hawk and I felt the freedom of being over the ocean and I was safe. I felt totally cared for, nurtured and loved. And so when I came into my conscious being, I realized this is a state of my life. I am creating awareness around not just the people around me that I've created as family and chosen family that are caring and nurturing for me. And I'm so blessed to have them. Thank you guys. You know who you are, but it's also this beautiful source energy, Christ consciousness, whatever it is that you want to call that, that higher power that's coming through that really keeps me in that case, protected and safe. And so I was able to integrate that in conscious and felt very, I don't know, it just was a, almost felt like I was glowing, electrified. Wow. Do you get amazing. it? So yeah. good. And that, and see, I feel like that can happen through um, meditative states, but also through self-hypnosis states and self-hypnosis states are, I, I'm going to say it. I believe when you're in a trance state, it feels like being in a deep meditative state, mm -hmm. pretty much the same type of feeling. You may be mm -hmm. doing a little bit of different work with a practitioner, or you may have some things that you're intentionally going to focus on when you're in that um, trance state, but those are so close in terms of how your body feels, how your mind has awareness. It's, it's pretty rad. So I can imagine that you think it's quite crucial if someone's interested in delving into a true healing journey and moving into the most empowered version possible, which I can't see why anyone wouldn't want to do that, but need to be willing <laughs> to get into action and take responsibility. Would you say that it's just imperative to have daily rituals and if not daily, weekly, where someone's like um, exercise 
realizing the um, the fusion of the subconscious and conscious and allowing the subconscious space to express itself, to breathe, to give us the messages that we need to decode in order to have peace with, you know, what, what it's trying to yeah. release. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So yes, mortals, yes, yes, mortals. Yes. <laughs> we've got meditation. <laughs> we've got meditation people can do. Um, what about like breathing mm-hmm. techniques or oh, yeah. what, what else can uh-huh. people do each day or week that gets them yeah. closer to healing? I'm going to tell you my top three. Okay. okay my me. top three. And also, and also viewing myself as a spiritualist. This is crucial. Here we go. <laughs> stop. Number one, stop, stop what you're doing. Stop now. You know, I have clients that come in and say, well, I'm kind of focusing on my, um, my higher self because I'm doing this thing when I'm walking and I'm like, you know what? I love that you're walking. Walking is fantastic. It serves your body. It serves your soul, but you need to stop. Even if you stop for five minutes a day, set an intention to it, 10 deep breaths, five minutes, go around what I call a sacred circle. Are you ready? Here we go. Sit in a chair. Don't lay down. Stop what you're doing. Set your timer on your iPhone for five minutes, close your eyes, take five deep breaths. After five breaths, go to a mantra. I am perfect health. I am enough. I am safe. Whatever you want, pick one mantra, repeat it again and again. Let's say 10 times. Go back to breath, five more breaths. After that, I want you to pay attention to the shadows and light on the backs of your eyelids, like the different colors that come up. Do that for, I don't know, a couple seconds. You don't have to time each point on the wheel, right? I mean, you're just going to do all these things again and again until the timer goes off. But I call that colors. So as you go into deeper states of uh, relaxation and and, uh, trance, there are different colors that are going to show up. I believe that's connected to source energy too. So pay attention, describe them to yourself. I know we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do like a live and do this because this is kind of trippy how this comes out. And then do... I know me too, sister from another mister. Then go back to breath. (laughs) Then go back to breath and keep doing that until the timer goes off. Don't worry about the timer. Just focus on the sacred circle. You go around and around and around the circle. Ding. Okay. I guarantee you 99%. If the listeners could do that for two weeks, 14 days, five minutes a day, their entire feeling state, their body state is going to start to shift. They're going to start to feel different. They're going to feel better. They're going to feel more connected to source. Okay. So that's my first big thing is stop. That's number one. Okay. Number two, slow down and pay attention. This is mindfulness, right? We've heard this before driving. I live on the central coast, so I'm really close to the water. So I'm driving um, over by Morro Bay. Gorgeous. There's a huge rock right out in the middle of the water, right? It's gorgeous. And I'm driving and all of a sudden there's a whale breaching in the water. And I'm like, oh, there's a whale breaching driving. And I'm like, what the pull over sister. (laughs) I pull my car over. I get out of my car just for, it took me two minutes. And I watched because it breached three more times. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is, this is miraculous. This is something that maybe in future generations they may not see. I don't know, but I want to integrate that into my body in such a pay attention, slow down, mindful way that that's going to help me connect to a deeper place of relaxation. And you know, what was interesting when I got back in my car and I drove home, I felt so peaceful. I just felt wow. like, wow, this is, and I just felt really calm. Mm. So that's, that's a big deal. Okay. So we started with 
stop. And then it was slow down mindfulness, pay attention. That's the second one. And the third one is focus on an object. <clears throat> so focus on an object. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. So wherever you are, maybe you're sitting and waiting for the movie to start, sit in your chair, find somewhere, something on the wall around you. Maybe it's the exit sign down in the movie theater, you know, the doors Mm -hmm. in the front. And I want you to focus on that object. And I want you to lock in with your gaze so much that for maybe 50 breaths, all you do is focus on that object on the 50th breath, make it the deepest breath, pull in the most oxygen that you can. It's a cleansing breath, move it all the way through your body tell me and then see how you feel. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll say to people, okay, if you're going to do the focus on an object, do a scale of one to 10, how you feel before, like when you start, like maybe you're mm-hmm. anxious and maybe you're at like a, an eight on anxiety. How do you feel after you're done? Cause I guarantee you, your number went down. Maybe you're like mm-hmm. a six on anxiety. So those are my top three. Wow. Awesome. Brilliant. I, those are so fresh. I love all those. Right. Boom, boom, and I boom. love that they're achievable. Super easy. Five minutes. Yeah. But in my logical easy. mind is telling me, five minutes? What do you mean five minutes? There's so much I could do that's like dra- <laughs> that's a priority, which I need to yeah. do in five minutes. I've got so many balls in the air. Brrr. It's going to do anything mm. it can to keep me actually away from dropping in and giving the microphone to the subconscious. It's so interesting. There's a little like warfare going resistance. on between the subconscious and conscious There's mind. There's your resistance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The monkey mind, the resistance, that's Mm -hmm. all. I think if we can just illuminate the fact that that's normal, super typical, um, it, you might have to kick your own ass (laughs) to get into that place. Um, and that's okay. It's okay to have it feel that way. And if it doesn't feel the way you want it to feel, drop the attachment. So, you know, guys go back into non-attachment, just do the process and just let it work for you instead of trying to control it. Because we really struggle with control in our culture, you know, so we gotta, we gotta stop and and just do the things that we know can be effective. And, you know, it's kind of like, um, I walk, I have a huge golden retriever. I walk him every day. Some days I don't want to walk him, but he looks at me with those big brown eyes and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, we do the things that are the hard things cause we're capable of doing Yeah. That. Got it. So do you think you know. that those, um, those little short meditations or exercises you stepped us through for people to use as tools daily, weekly, do you feel as though that was generally like, do you want that to be, cause we're going to do a little demo today. Um, yeah. do you want yeah. that to be the demo? Is that a strong enough kind of example or well, I can give you an example that they could do right now as long as they're not well, driving. I was about to say, you can step Jenna and I can <laughs> yeah. three one and then that can be kind of the closure sure. to this episode because there's so much powerful yeah. stuff and I know that logical mind right. can only hang on for up to an hour. So I don't want to go too much over exactly. time um, for them to stick yes. all of this. Especially the millennial monkey yeah. mind. I know. I know. And thank you guys for hanging yeah, in there. Yeah, of know course. We're there. Of course. No, um, it's yeah. so fascinating. I feel like it's we could fun. talk for, forever. So <laughs> I know. I know. Crazy. Okay, so do this. Um, that focus on the object. Okay, so what you're going to do is you're going to find a spot near you. Don't I don't want you to twist your head to find it. So straightforward. I want you to look at that spot and I want you to count 10 breaths in. So just let those breaths come in. They don't have to take a long time, but just really allow the breath to fill the lungs. And as the breath's breath is filling the lungs, I want you to imagine that you're bringing in light through the in-breath. So as that light comes in through the in-breath, counting those 10 breaths, light is coming in and then it's starting to fill your body. So it moves to the torso and it moves down to the feet. And as it begins to fill your entire body, you're starting to feel that warmth that comes with it. It's very safe. It's very 
very ancient protective. And so fill your body with that beautiful light. And at the same time, I want you to imagine there's a bright light right on top of your head. When you get to that 10 count, you're going to release the count and just listen to my guidance. That beautiful light on the top of your head and it's glowing. You can see it in your mind. You're still focusing on that object. Scan your body really quick as you're still imagining that beautiful light on top of your head. I want you to scan your body. Are there any muscle groups that are tight, that hold tension? Breathe air to those muscle groups. So you're going to soften those muscle groups. They're going to get softer and softer. Breath is going to get deeper and deeper. That beautiful bright light on the top of your head is going to move down, down to the shoulders. It's going to move down, down to the arms, into the fingers. If you feel a little tingling sensation in your fingers, that's very normal. Just let that come in. Palms of your hands can start to feel heavy. Now let that air keep moving through your body. Keep focusing on that object. Let that light continue down, all the way down, down, down. It's going to go to your feet. And so soon you're going to have this beautiful circle of light that surrounds your whole body. Whatever color you want it to be, it's safe and it's protective. And so what I want you to do right now is I'm going to actually have you repeat some words out loud. We're going to see how you feel after you repeat these words. I'm going to begin now. I feel. I feel. I feel. Calm. Calm and relaxed. Calm and, relaxed. Calm and relaxed. I'm going to count from five to zero. I'm going, do I say that? Or are you just saying count. that? Oh, yeah. I'm going to count Five to, five zero. to zero. I'm going to count from five to zero. And when I get to zero. When I get to zero. And when I get to zero. I'll, I'll go into deep relaxation. I'll go into deep relaxation. I'll go into deep relaxation. Five, I feel heaviness in my eyes. Five, I feel heaviness in my eyes. Four, my breathing is deep and rhythmic. Four, my breathing is Breathing, deep. my deep and rhythmic four. Three, my body is relaxed. Three, my body is relaxed. Three, my body is relaxed. Two, my eyelids feel heavy. Two, my eyelids feel heavy. One, I am very relaxed. One, I'm very relaxed. Zero, I am in deep relaxation. Zero, I am in deep relaxation. Just sit there for a minute and then come back up and we'll have a chat. Take a couple seconds. Breathe through your body. And then come back to the mic. Wow, it's feel? hard to come back from that. I know, uh -huh. right? Was, One, I two, felt... three, four, five, wide awake. One, two, three, four, five, wide awake. Wow. Yeah. So what I could have Whoa. done then yeah. is I could have taken you, there were about three more steps, and then I could have bumped you into deep subconscious. But based I'm I'm not next to you in the studio, bummer, mm -hmm. because if we did, then we would have turned off the mics. Too bad, audience, no. And then we would have <laughs> we would have done that. So that's a pathway to trance. That's a beginning. That's one way to do wow. it. There's a lot of different ways to get there. Yeah. Uh, can I just say that I feel so deeply relaxed right now? And I'm an anxious person, you know, but I just feel like this, yeah. this like almost like a tingle of just extreme relaxation throughout my body. Isn't it crazy? Amber, oh, wow. are you there? Is she awake, Amber? We hypnotized her. Awesome. I did my job is done. Ready? This is this is how it was for me. Radio.
Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> nice. Wow, so that relaxed. So, so where, so where oh, was the moment of that it. when I – so mm-hmm. if you allowed – so say the audience was doing that with us, just before you brought us back out, is that the place where the, right. then you just sit and observe to see what your subconscious brings up or what would be the next step for the subconscious to be able to express itself? Yeah. Right. So we would go into a full body relaxation after that. So there's even more to do. Um, and then I bring in some, some of those in the beginning, I talked about some of those physical things that I would have them do. So I, I snap my fingers a lot. Snapping confuses conscious and it's almost like a startling response. So then subconscious takes over because conscious can't deal with that pressure. Um, and so we go through that whole systematic body relaxation and that's a point to point part of the body, deeper, 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 and then I give them some suggestions um, to go deeper and then you do. And then I do something that is called a deepening technique where they're going to open their eyes and close their eyes. And they're going to do that a few times with my guidance. And then they're really into trance at that point. And then once they're into trance, then we start to kind of pull up, you know, tell me in your body, what, what's talking to you? Where are you feeling like the tingles, like Jenna, you were talking about? Or um, do you see any colors? Where are you at? Float in time and space. Tell me what you feel. You know, then we would start there and then take them into the sacred space. And then we can do more of the um, looking at the body and figuring out what's going on You're just working with where the subconscious is taking the person. You're not actually projecting where the subconscious (laughs) is. Yeah. So your subconscious will take you to a past life or to a childhood memory or to whatever it probably feels is most pressing to be healed, I'm assuming. Yeah, it could. I mean, there are definitely scenarios where I do take them first into a sacred Mm -hmm. space to get really grounded and safe. And then we can do some of the explorative work that we need to do. So it really isn't consistent from client to client. It's dependent on what Mm -hmm. they need and their history of trauma and all these different things. But um, you get kind of a taste of what it can be like mm-hmm. from that. Brilliant. Just a little taste. Oh I know. Just a little one. <laughs> Wow. That was fascinating. Thank you so much, Denise. So fun. Gosh, you are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, Amazing. That's it's been so fun. such a pleasure. As usual, we could just keep going and going and going. <laughs> when are you going to come to LA? And do you offer courses? When, when, and, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, let's do it. I, I mean, if, if there's enough interest, I would be happy to come, come down and teach a workshop and, um, yeah, and just really help people to understand how, how they can use this modality to help their lives to really thrive. Mm. That would be excellent. We could talk yeah, about that. Brilliant. Sure. Well, why don't you tell our audience how they can find fun. you, what you're up to, how they can get involved, Yeah. what's going on? Yeah, please. So I'm on Facebook, the real Denise Braun, or just find my, um, my profile. It's Denise Braun slash Bundy. Oh, worst last name ever. It's not mine. It's my husband's long story. When you're in forensic psychology, you don't want to be known as Denise Bundy. Let me tell you that right now. Boy, that's pretty pathetic. So, um, so they can find me there, just friend me or do whatever. Um, but I'm on Instagram. I know. So funny. I'm on Instagram as the real Denise Braun. Um, I just wrote a book, the fraud fable. I think we're going to talk about that at some point too. And yeah, and that's available on Amazon, the fraud fable, Denise Braun. Um, so yeah, so they can find me in those places. I'm most active on Instagram. Awesome. 
as the real Denise. Wow. Bond. Well, yeah. I'm rooting for getting you down to LA so I can have an art therapy session. I with am you too. Let's do it. And a hypnosis yeah. session. We oh my gosh. I would love that. We can do um, it all. Wow. Yeah. That was brilliant. So Denise, we offer our listeners an invitation to take into their real mm. life um, and apply some of the yeah. things we discovered and explore today. Do you want to pick one of the daily, weekly exercises that you think would be great yeah. for someone to apply to their own life to start exercising their relationship with the subconscious a little more? You know what? When we went through those top three, I would definitely invite listeners to choose the one that resonates the most with them. But I'm kind of leaning toward the slow down mindfulness one mm-hmm. because from that, we start to feel more empowered in our internal state of being. Not everything is an external all the time. So mindfulness brings us in. And if they can do that every day, do something that um, they can pay attention to, slow down, you know, consider that focal point, focus on something, pay attention. Um, they're going to start to give their conscious mind a rest. And that helps them to be more motivated to do something like meditation or a stillness sacred circle or something else mm. that we talked about. So that's brilliant. I'm taking it on. I'm doing my homework. Great. It's imperative. Do it. <laughs> yeah, Amazing. Too. Awesome. I'm glad. Well, Denise, thank you Thanks so much. So good to have you. Thank you. Such a pleasure. I'm so honored. Okay. It was fun. Amazing. Thank you. And Thank you so much. Everyone else who has hung on for this incredible journey with us, thank you so much for being with us here on the Mother Loving Future Show. If you did like this episode, we would love for you to share, leave a review, and subscribe to iTunes. Have an amazing week, and we will have you with us next week. Bye for now. Bye.